Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Today, Justin Polk is here. Justin's a senior consultant at Leading Agile, and we're going to talk all about pilots. So, Justin, thank you for taking time out of your afternoon. Thank you for having me. And you are sheltering in place where? Yeah, I am in Houston, Texas. Okay, so has it opened up there already or a little bit? Yeah, we've, we've not been hit quite as hard. There's some, some soft openings. It's not blown wide open, but, you know, we're taking our time. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm in New York where we, we never leave the apartment without a mask and gloves on, um, but hopefully that'll change soon. So before we get into the topic, could you share a little bit with, about your background and what it means to be a senior consultant at Leading Agile with the folks that are listening? Sure. So uh, many lifetimes ago, I started uh, my career as a software developer, uh, and I filled every role that you could uh, on a software team. Uh, I also started in consulting, so I have uh, over a decade of consulting experience. Uh, but I've, I've been a business analyst. I've been a project manager. I've been a program manager. I've been a portfolio manager, um, and and I ended up uh, getting out of consulting briefly, but jumped right back in um, because uh, I I was having I'll just say a little less luck uh, implementing change from the inside of some of the, the largest companies uh, in the world. And I think that uh, I was having a lot better luck leading change as a consultant. Do you think, do you feel like it's, it's hard to switch back when you've been a consultant? Um, you know, I, I think that I experienced the right amount of being in-house okay. uh, to convince me that, that, uh, it wasn't necessarily where I needed to be okay. <laughs> to affect the kind of change. Yeah. Um, that consultant mindset, you know, when you come in as a consultant, you have you have a mandate, you have a you you have a, a catalyst for change. You're there for a purpose. Yeah. Right. So, so I think though I, I was there long enough to to have imparted on me empathy for people who work in these large enterprises. Right. So if you were only ever a consultant, you might think. You know why can't that manager just do this? Yeah. Uh, but if you've been there, it, it, you understand the political machinations that are that are present that could be exerting you know unseen pressures on people. Yeah, I think I think for me, I felt like I learned a lot more because I was you know switching around every couple months from one company to another, so you get exposed to a lot more stuff, which was really awesome. And but but you do kind of, it's nice to be able to put down roots somewhere, I think. Too. It is, absolutely. And you know, you, I've seen the inside of some of the largest companies in the world, and it's funny to see how, you know, uniquely messed up some, some places are, or just how, con- you know, consistently messed up we all are yeah. <laughs> across all of these companies. Yeah. Cool. Like, um, all right, so we're going to talk all about pilots. So I want to start out by just asking you to explain what a pilot is. And, and I'm, what I'd like to ask is, could you explain what a pilot is from sort of a non-leading agile viewpoint and then what it is or contrast that to the leading agile approach we take when we talk about pilots? Sure. A pilot is usually where we're going to begin our transformation effort. So we've gone through a define the end state kind of exercise. We have a working hypothesis of, of the structure governance and metrics and and we want to go in and start our transformation efforts. So the pilot is where we start. 
So can I, can I ask you a question and then add something in here too? Absolutely. Before we do that. Um, I just want to clarify one thing. So because of the, the initial work that's done, by the time we're ready to begin the pilot, questions like why are we switching to Agile anyway? Like what is the thing we're trying to achieve? That's already been discussed. We kind of have an idea of what this end state should be or why we're pursuing just creating this massive change in our organization. Yeah, so a lot of the groundwork is laid out or laid down during our defined in-state activities, okay. right? We've done a lot of workshops, uh, oftentimes with people who are likely candidates for pilot. Okay. Um, but within these large companies, I mean, we're talking about places with tens of thousands of people yeah. uh, in some instances. Okay. You can't take that entire organization all at once and flip the switch, right? So we, we work with places initially, usually with the interested parties who are thinking of going agile. And oftentimes they're, they're involved with the pilot or at least selecting the pilot. It's really just a way to, to test the waters, right? Okay. To learn. How that's a little bit different with what we do is we, we form a, a, a hypothesis, not just for a team, because we know agile works at the team level. We form a hypothesis around a vertical slice of the organization. So the, from not just the delivery team, but how that delivery team gets fed and by whom and how those decisions on the economic trade-off of limited resources and, and our objectives uh, are made. So it's not just the, the delivery team, it's who's deciding which epics we're actually going to pursue and why. Okay. And so that, that goes all the way through uh, the investment tier. So where are we going to invest within, within our enterprise? So we try to take an entire vertical slice of the organization because that proves that the structure governance and metrics that we're trying to put in place will scale right throughout that entire slice, that it doesn't just work at the team level. Okay. One of the things that I used to do when I was doing this stuff was we would go in and do an assessment. But the way you're talking about it, it, it almost sounds like the things that I would be trying to surface up front during an assessment are pretty much going to show up in the pilot anyway. Like, because we're looking at it from an organizational standpoint, it's not just, well, this team can't do this practice or that practice, but the entire ecosystem is not built to support this practice or everything in this organization is so tightly coupled that it's going to kind of show up and we're going to see, oh my gosh, this is going to be a really big deal to fix this. Absolutely. And when we're looking at piloting, we're looking at that vertical slice with the hopes that we can minimize the, you know, orchestration outside of that vertical slice. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like the dependencies. If we could get a entirely encapsulated slice of the organization, right, uh, for pilot, that pilot is, in my opinion, a very good candidate for, you know, going to be very successful. Okay. And I'm going to translate what you just said into normal human speak. <laughs> Good luck. Because leading agile people have a very specific way of talking about things. And words like encapsulation and orchestration uh, come up all the time. So when you're talking about a vertical slice, you're saying this is a part of the organization that has the ability from the top of the food chain all the way down to the bottom to, to operate all by itself and come up with something they want to change and implement that change and release it into the wild without damaging 75 other parts of the company. Yes, they are, they are encapsulated unto themselves. 
All right. Thank you for, for being patient with me for that. <laughs> how do you explain this when you go in to meet with a client and we're talking about taking on transformation? How do you explain the purpose of a pilot to them? So uh, at Leading Agile, we, we kind of take a different approach than most places that are trying to, quote unquote, do Agile. So we take a systems first approach. Um, that is, we believe we need to put in the right structure governance and metrics to, to be Agile, right? So we're going to go in and, and transform the organization, but we're not going to be given the keys to the kingdom for some of the largest companies in, in the world. So if I'm sitting on top of one of these, these large organizations uh, that's reached a critical mass and is struggling to meet commitments or be innovative or get to market quickly or any of the other major reasons, uh, our clients realize they need to start transforming into an agile business. Uh, I'm going to need to start somewhere, right? And where you start, and that's kind of the point of this conversation, is is what you need to realize, or what the, these folks need to realize, is where we start our transformation is extremely critical to the success of the transformation. So that's that's how I I would explain to one of our clients, you know, we need to start and where we start is going to be critical uh, in selling this to the rest of the organization, uh, in figuring out what works um, and, and continuing to build upon that success uh, as we roll out base camps and, and do our thing. Back when I was doing coaching and I would do pilots, the, the companies that I work for would get brought in because some client decided they had to switch to Agile. And there's usually like one kind of head of the engagement and two or three other coaches and we get sent in and we pick probably three projects. Um, one of sort of smaller in scale and, and scope and risk, one in the middle and one that's pretty large and pretty significant. And a coach would be assigned to each project and given a team and our job was to teach them how to do agile and make them do agile or get them to do agile so that this was everybody's impression initially this was where we were going to begin the transformation and teach everyone how to do this and then these people would eventually be spun off onto other teams that's what i started with thinking it was i ended up thinking that a pilot was really about just trying to understand what kind of havoc agile was going to wreak inside the environment when we threw the rock in the pool. So, yeah. So at a team level, if you're piloting at a team level under the construct of a project, right? What you're testing is, can I, can I do this project using agile methods, right? Or can I deliver a portion of this project? The experience that I think you had was what a lot of us had in that initial practices first kind of approach, yeah. right? So we don't, at Leading Agile, take a practices first approach. We're not just going to go to the delivery team, right? We're going to look at the entire vertical slice of the organization. So we're going to look at, you know, where the work comes from, how that work gets fed to the team, how that team executes, and then how that all circles back up to deliver value uh, within the organization. So we, we pilot a vertical slice okay. um, as much as we can, right? And what we pilot really is taking a single vertical slice of the organization to base camp one, which focuses more on stability. So now stability itself will bring some degree of agility, but if you look at our base camp model, agility 
usually increases more significantly as you move from base camp one to higher base camps, right? But that's how, that's usually how we pilot is taking as much of a vertical slice of the organization as we can to base camp one. Okay. Can you, can you give an example of um, a vertical slice of the organization? Cause I want to try to con- contrast that against the, you know, the way you mentioned that we both did it in the very beginning. Um, people probably are familiar with vertical slice in terms of stories, user stories and things like that, but maybe not organizationally. So what would an example of that be? So an example of a vertical slice of the organization would not just be the delivery team, but it would be the structure uh, that supports the governance that sits, I I hate to use the word above, but actually sits above the, the delivery teams and feeds them the the features and epics that need to be delivered and you know and can prioritize that they can make the economic decisions about what is the the most important work that needs to be delivered next by those delivery teams so we pilot a vertical slice because it doesn't just prove that agile delivery with within a team works we know it does right what we're proving is that the the entire vertical stack, right? The entire organization can be uh, agile, right? So, you know, this, this pilot could be focused on a product or a capability, delivery value stream, you know, and that depends on where the client is at the moment. You know, it could be within a silo or across silos, depending on those encapsulated constructs. Um, And this, this tends to rub some people the wrong way. They'll say, you know, well, that's not agile. Um, You know, to that end, I would say, you know, you don't go from, you know, zero to agile or base camp one to base camp five overnight. Right. So what is it that, that we're trying to learn in this initial phase? Like we, we go in, you know, we, we figured out kind of why we want to do this thing. We maybe pick out what slice of the organization we're going to start with. Um, I'm assuming that we're taking sort of an iterative and incremental approach to the actual transformation work. So we're learning and, and kind of ad- adapting as we go through it. But what are the questions that leading agile comes in with? Well, there's, there's a lot of different <laughs> questions that we would come in with uh, to help pick where to take a pilot. Um, so we recently evaluated some potential clients, uh, pilots at a client where we have you know, thousands and thousands of people working in their old system of delivery. And I should say that this is a large engineering and manufacturing company, but it would and has worked at, you know, software companies, supply chain companies, banking, uh, what have you. So our approach uh, was to help the client weigh the business and transformation fit of these potential pilots with the implementation risks, right? This is kind of an old hat technique, but it works, you know, uh, what are my benefits and what are my risks and how do, how do I weigh those against each other? So we did, we, we came in and said, you know, what are the, what, how good of a fit are each of these areas for pilot? Again, this is absolutely a massive, massive yeah. organization. But are you, are you able to walk in and say like, look, these are the criteria we need the thing to meet here. They are. So is this, this project? I, I will say yes, you know, but just like a lot of really good consultants, we, we're you know open-minded when we come in that we we don't necessarily have all of the right answers, but we should be cognizant of the fact that you know, and we should be cognizant of the fact that the clients 
you know, may know things that we don't, that we should be considering. Um, let me give you an example. So, so if we're looking at transformation fit, like, is this a good pilot from the standpoint of, you know, transformation? Um, we're looking at whether a team or, or a vertical slice, like a potential expedition, uh, is at a bad juncture for undergoing transformation? Do they have a massive project that just started or is about to end? You know, we might struggle with a pilot if we go in there and they're in the testing phase of a massive multi-year project and we're trying to teach vertical slicing of stories and the only thing in their backlog is testing. Okay. Right? So, so that's not a good transformation fit. Now, in business benefit, and this, this was a unique position, so uh, they truly emphasized that we could, like business failure was a huge, you know, something to be avoided. Of course, business failures always should be avoided. But, but when you're looking at, you know, what is, what is the business benefit of doing the pilot in this location, there could be a huge upside. But if there's also a significant risk, if, you know, for whatever reason, the transformation is super disruptive or, or does not take, in this instance, the client was looking at, you know, the cost of failure. And the cost of failure for some of these potential pilots was extremely high. And so that was something we wanted to weight higher than a potential business benefit. So, okay. we're, so we, we're constantly balancing and weighting these criteria against each other. But, but largely, we look at fit versus risk. So business and benefit fit, transformation fit versus the on the risk side, um, execution risk, um, and alignment risk. Okay. So so there's going to be some that you're just going to reject out of hand because it just these are not in a place where we can put them in danger or we can be in you know we don't want to mess with them right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of people may have experienced executives picking pilots based on gut feel. And sometimes ah, the little man in the stomach. Yes. <laughs> oftentimes that leads to picking a pilot that, uh, you know, is low hanging fruit. Well, we took a software team and they did agile and it gives them a false sense of security, uh, about scaling it out or rolling it out elsewhere. And what they'll find is, uh, while this was a great fit for pilot, it's not a good fit for the rest of the organization. And that was actually also super fascinating about going through this with, uh, with uh, our client here recently was they said, absolutely, we want to make sure that our pilot is representative of the rest of the organization. I mean, we, we're not going to lie to ourselves and say that, that Agile didn't, you know, isn't largely driven by IT. Up until this point, it has. Now, luckily, right. the focus is now more on business agility, and a lot of our clients are not IT-focused. But... There was a conscience, conscientious effort to weight the criteria of is not a software team, right? Is not, you know, an IT, you know, vertical slice. Right, right. You wanted something other than that. Exactly. And okay. that's, where, that's where, you know, piloting and where you pilot matters because these executives can look at what we're doing and how we're applying this to, you know, large-scale engineering and manufacturing and start to show the progress of the transformation effort okay. uh, in their area. Okay. So you're going to be sitting down and talking with these stakeholders and saying, look, we need to pick a couple of you know, programs or products or projects, whatever you want to call them, 
to get started with, we need to find some that IT or not are in a state where we can get going with them. I'm assuming from the ones you pick, it's not like we can only start it if it's a brand new thing. There's probably some where we can switch over in the middle. Yes, and absolutely. But it's also critical to keep in mind that that oftentimes we're dealing with teams that have a tremendous amount of delivery pressure, right? There's already work in the backlog. Okay. And <laughs> where we're going in, it's not greenfield. So this isn't blue sky thinking. And we don't pilot some theoretical ultimate structure of the organization, you know, nor do we pilot the entire organization. So what we're doing when we pilot is we are creating an increment of the enterprise itself, right? Okay. So, so to that end, uh, Expeditions Achieving Basecamp is only forming an inflection point where we can circle back, right, to look across the org and form a new working hypothesis. So if we finish the pilot, all that has done is proven that that increment of the enterprise within that area really works and helps inform the rest of the transformation. Okay. So I should also make a quick aside um, and say that, you know, expeditions reaching base camp, you know, all of your expeditions reaching base camp is not the end of your, of your journey. And, you know, nor is, is getting a pilot to base camp one, right? We, we should be constantly validating hypotheses and looking back and seeing whether or not there's an increment of the entire enterprise itself that can be, can be done. What a lot of our clients think is that when they achieve all their base camps, they're agile, right? We check the box, you know, we, we feel good about where we are and we don't need to, to transform. Okay. But where I was recently at one of our other clients, what had happened was they had taken almost all of their teams through their target base camp and were looking across the landscape of their capabilities and their teams and their portfolios and they realized that they had nine teams, I think, that had some part of customer account management, right? And it was only by taking them to Basecamp 2 and, and then making a concerted effort to, to decouple those pieces and encapsulate them together uh, that they that they were... It was only by getting to that point that they were able to actually finally combine those into uh, a capability-focused set of teams that were working together instead of at odds. Okay. So part of this is them becoming educated in, in how these things are going to fit together um, and, and getting to the point where they realize that this isn't – I mean, I'm assuming some of them think coming in, like, well, we're going to just – get all our teams to base camp, whatever, and then we're agile, like you said, and then we're done. Right. And that's my kind of my point or where I go off on that tangent is, is what we pilot is not pure agile, right? And it's largely because we are not starting Greenfield. Okay. And it's important to understand, especially for agile purists who will, you know, scream that's not agile it's you know it's an increment of the organization right that is moving on that spectrum uh you know towards base camp one and then hopefully beyond 
So let me say this back because I want to make sure this is resonating with folks. We're talking about, you know, company X has this new initiative they're creating and we're going to go and get the teams that are working on that. We're going to teach them how to use Agile. We're going to get them set up and doing it. But the thing that we're delivering, that leading Agile is delivering, is the actual component of the organization that has now adopted Agile practices. Yes. As opposed to the product itself. Yes. What we are delivering to them is that vertical slice or what we are delivering is that vertical slice of the organization to Basecamp one and a validated hypothesis, hopefully. Okay. So when you walk in and you're trying to help them figure out, you know, what kind of um, group or project or whatever to start the pilot with, what, what kind of questions are you asking them? Or what should they be asking themselves? Let me ask it that way. What should they be asking themselves before they have this conversation with you? I think what they need to be asking themselves is what is important? What is the important thing to achieve with the pilot? Is it selling it to the rest of the executive team? Is it uh, making sure that it works? Is it rescuing a portion of the organization that is just absolutely stuck? Uh, they need to really know what they're trying to achieve uh, with this one area. They may, they may say, you know what, I want to take the, the lowest hanging fruit and make an example and we can figure out all the hard stuff out later. Or they may say, I want to pick the hardest thing and prove that it can, it can work. It's going to be more effort, but, but ultimately that's going to benefit me. So they need to think about what their strategy is with the transformation itself. Okay. So do you differentiate things like, I mean, I, I would think if we walk in, we want to make sure that there's some driving business reason for switching to Agile. But, you know, like you were just talking about, there might also be reasons to do things just to build confidence and morale. Which absolutely. Which is be separate than the driving strategic initiative of the company. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, if I'm sitting on top of one of the largest companies in the world, you know, but we're struggling, you know, there might be multiple ways to go about transformation. Uh, and and picking where you're piloting these you know multi-year transformation, which in a lot of cases will outlast executives or executives they rotate in and out yeah. of positions. You know, there's there's an importance to ensuring that the transformation is is a success and is running successfully under your watch. And how would you define success then? If if you had to just come up with some sort of blanket explanation of how do we know if this has worked? The pilot itself or the transformation? Well, let's do both. Okay. So to me, a successful pilot looks like having validated or even invalidated our hypothesis on the structure governance metrics, right? We come out of the define the end state. We have a working hypothesis. Do we, did we validate that hypothesis? Right? And such that we can start to scale it up or out or however you want to do that. From a transformation standpoint, I mean, we could go all day on this, but, but to me, the ultimate sign of success of a transformation are those business drivers, right? Am I getting to market faster? Is my quality improving? Is my organization more agile and innovative? Those are the ultimate goals of the transformations that we do. Okay. So 
you go into an organization, you're going to do pilots and there's stuff that, um, that you can tell them quickly. There's stuff that they probably already know. And then there's the stuff that you really wish they already had figured out on their own. Like, for example, why are we doing this in the first place? Or um, how much change can we handle at one time? Or what are we willing to give up to achieve this thing that we say we have to have to be agile? Like, is there, is there something you wish that they were all kind of resolved around before you got there? So this is where I think Leading Agile really stands apart in the sense that we have a specific point where we prepare for, ex for, for pilot. Prior to expedition, we have a lot of work to do, including standing up the TLT or the transformation leadership team. And the transformation leadership team is the folks within the organization, the management uh, and leaders within that area that will be helping us actually execute the pilot, uh, making, you know, creating the, the safety and the, the clearing conditions for us to actually go in and do the transformation effort. So that sounds like a steering committee. So we, we have largely, uh, within the define the end state, been working with a steering committee of sorts, right? And here's, here's, here's the interesting thing, Dave. As you get into these massive, massive organization, there are different levels and tiers and structures, and there's this area over here and that area over there. And you're going to have local leadership in in some areas so we may set up a tlt in one area that oversees expeditions and things like that in that particular area and you know way in some other program or area you're going to have another tlt uh, that has to be set up and so if you're running multiple pilots which we actually are in this in this particular case uh we're actually having to set up two tlts uh we're try we have to actually you know, do all of the activities we would normally do to set up expeditions and, and get those expeditions prepared and, and off and running twice. So um, there's a lot of activity that goes into preparing for a pilot. Um, and those two and, are happening at the same time, right? Yes. So, so there's, so we, we it's not, have it's not like one happens and then the other, they're happening simultaneously and you've got to sync them up as well within the organization. We use a multi-tiered structure for the system of transformation. Usually okay. there's an executive steering committee at the top, uh, and then you have transformation leadership teams, which are responsible for, for the oversight of the expeditions as they go through transformation. So we have to go and set that up. Largely with Define the Instate, we've been working with the executive steering committee. Oftentimes we're working with people who eventually become TLT members, uh, and then they actually can help us sell the pilot through to the organization or identify the folks that need to be participating in order to have a successful pilot. Okay. And how do you define when the pilot is done? Is it like a time-based thing or when you achieve a certain state or like what's the, what's the finish line look like? That can actually vary depending on how quickly a client wants to move up with, with their transformation and how much success we're seeing with pilot. If your pilot is hugely successful initially, you may decide, you know what, I don't, I don't necessarily want to wait. We validated our hypothesis a long time ago. Let's get going. Uh, in other cases, it's let's reach base camp one. Let's circle back, do lessons learned, figure out what we need to do, and then launch the next one. So 
it's very dependent on the needs of the client. You know, it's, it's like most things. There's not a, a very, you know, black and white answer. Here's where you're done. But largely, uh, I would say it's when that pilot achieves base camp one. Okay. And are there, are there pilots that, that just tank and you're just like, yeah, we're not, this is, <laughs> is it going to work? Yeah, it's, it's to what extent, right? So this is actually super fascinating where we're at right now. We have two hypotheses that are around our team structures. So we're going to run two pilots and we've got a Model A and a Model B. And, you know, we, we're very confident that Model A would work, but Model B is extremely bold. It's extremely, you know, cross-functional, cross-domain. Um, cross you have people who, you know, wouldn't have even gone to the same colleges, you know, working together, uh, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, okay. uh, you know, working side by side with software engineers, just every mix you can imagine. Um, and it's extremely bold. And so we, we have a, a hypothesis that that would you know, work and we need to test that hypothesis, right? Do their lead and lag times within their unit of work actually allow them to deliver an incremental product, you know, a working tested product on the yeah. other side, or does it make sense to actually have them in separate teams and constructs and then orchestrate those dependencies? So it almost sounds like you know, I was asking about an end state before, like this is going to be something where you're continually learning and modifying what you're doing. And especially as you spread into other parts of the company, you might run a couple of pilots and maybe they're all successful, but in another part of the organization, you're still going to be having to inspect and adapt along the way. Yes. And, and that's part of the transformation arc. Like I said, a transformation doesn't end when we all achieve base camp, right? right. That's just an inflection point for us to look back at, the, at what we have as an enterprise and create a new hypothesis on what's possible, you know, what's the new impossible uh, incarnation of the, the enterprise. That's a really interesting way that you just explained that. So I want to say it back and make sure you're right. So where I have in the past thought of the base camps as I mean, sort of following the metaphor, that's the state we have to reach. When we get there, we can sit down and make some freeze-dried food and, and relax for a second and then take on the next part. Um, but that's not really what you're talking about. You're talking about this thing that I'm saying is the part where we can kind of relax and sit down is the part where we stop and investigate and explore what we have to do next. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Tommy Boy. And there's a great quote from there, which is you're either growing or you're You'll dying. You'll be the first person to quote Tommy Boy on this podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. Yep. You're either growing or you're dying. There ain't no third direction. So it's, it's, uh, it's true. You know, it's the reason why a lot of the companies reach where they were is because they, they have, and you know, this isn't to diminish the great work that the people do at our clients, but, but it's because they, they have reached a point where they, they stopped transforming, stopped looking for that better way of working or just haven't found a better way to work. And, you know, that's, what's great about the leading agile model is, is, you know, it doesn't stop when you get to base camp, right? That is just a, an opportunity to look across your enterprise and figure out, you know, what can we encapsulate, right? Where do we need to remove those dependencies? And that system of transformation can ramp right back up and, and help reform those teams and get them moving in the, in the way that we need them to. But that's well after a pilot. Okay. So <laughs> when, when we started out, I asked you um, what we learned from a pilot. 
But if, if I'm trying to explain this to somebody tomorrow and I said, well, we would come in and run a pilot. Um, I think I could probably easily convey to them what a pilot is, but what are they going to learn from the pilot? So our clients are looking to learn oftentimes that this, this can work, you know, okay. especially in the non it context. Um, they, they, they understand the concept of business agility, but they've never seen it moving, right? You can describe agile, you know, all you want as a method or, you know, framework or, or whatever. And people might nod and say, uh-huh, it's not usually until they see it moving, right? See it in action that they have that aha moment. And it's, wow, okay, this makes sense. And then you could take that same person and say, okay, now just go describe that to someone else. And you, you just can't. Okay. So that's one, that's one reason why they might, or one takeaway from piloting that they, they may be looking for. So you know, after I, the pilot's over, they can just jump right in and switch the whole company? Absolutely not. <laughs> good. So I usually, was scared you know, for a second there was a pause. I was worried. Like, yep. <laughs> then we're good. Yep. We're done. Yep. <laughs> if only, if only. Fokker out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the pilot, you know, usually is a great candidate to move to base camp too. And I am a big believer that, you know, as I said earlier, there's a lot there's a lot of agility that can come from just being stable, which is base camp one. But but I truly have seen the a huge benefit, you know, with the teams that continue on beyond base camp one, where they start focusing on on flow and all of the things beyond base camp. So oftentimes a pilot is also a great candidate for moving to a, t a higher target base camp. You know, we might validate the hypothesis of where that pilot, you know, that that base camp should be for that particular expedition. Um, you know, it might be two or three or four, wherever. Um, but but it it would make sense for them to continue their journey as we ramp up. Uh, you know, other areas of the organization, other expeditions within the organization to um, to start their transformation journey. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, I don't know if this question is gonna work or not. Even if it's gonna turn out as a question, I'm gonna try to get there. Um, we start out with let's say two or three teams or products, whatever you want to call it, however the organization is set up. And all we want in the beginning is just to see how we can get from where we are to base camp one, which, which I would characterize as stable teams that have a well-formed backlog and can consistently deliver at the end of, of a time box. Yes? Yes. Okay, so we get a couple of them onto that beachhead, and then we start rolling up the other ones behind them, and we send that first one off towards base camp two, assuming that's where the organization wants to go. Absolutely. So then it becomes this kind of rolling wave of, you know, one team after another. They 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 get to the first state. They can move on to the next one if that makes sense. Um, is there is there a handoff point? Because that was always like the thing where everything would fall apart when I would do this. When I was doing it, it was always like, for whatever reason, somebody had arbitrarily decided three months, three guys, three months, you're good. Your whole, your whole company will be agile in three months. And we'd get, stay there for three months. We'd each work with the team. We'd get them all sorted out, and then we'd leave, and then everything would collapse and go back to where it was. Yeah, so the, there's the problem with a lot of that is the – the vanity metric of, of how many agile teams you have, right? Or, okay. or we'll all be at the, the idea that agile 
it is a checkbox activity. Yes, we're agile. You know, I think a lot of people will reach for certain frameworks and try to implement it per the book. And then so that they can, you know, they can, you know, sleep, sleep good at night, you know, feeling all warm and fuzzy that they, they are agile, right? I've checked that box, right? Um, but it, it doesn't really work that way. Um, and, and once you get through that pilot, you have to also figure out how you're going to roll this out to the rest of the organization, right? We would definitely would want to keep the, the same coaching staff and everything that's proven to be successful on a pilot, uh, if they were to continue on to base camp too, but you, you also have to figure out how am I going to ramp up for the rest of the, 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 uh, transformation. Yeah. And I'm assuming that we're trying to build the capability within the client so that we can leave and they can keep going. Yes. Um, so we, we often focus really on expeditions when we talk, but the transformation office and getting them to the appropriate place where they can provide the right services and capabilities to enable transformation is huge. I mean, that's a huge effort. Making sure that we have the proper ALM configured uh, so that the teams can can have a tool for tracking their work, um, making sure that that the right communication services are available to the transformation office uh, uh, so that they can get the word out about what's going on and, and, and in the transformation effort. Um, there's, you know, coaching, coaching, uh, building up your coaching pipeline so that you have the people available to the teams uh, who need need the assistance in their transformation, all of those need to be to a certain point prior to pilot. Okay. Now I got one more question for you and then we can kind of try to wrap it up. This podcast is going to be put out while most of the country is still under quarantine um, or in some measure of quarantine. We're not all back sitting, you know, three feet from each other in an office and cubicles and whatever. Um, if I'm listening to this and I'm somebody kind of higher up in an organization and I'm like, you know, that sounds really great. I, I definitely want to get this started. Um, I'm assuming that this phase that we're in right now has hampered transformation somewhat. Not that you can't do it, but it's got some challenges. What would you suggest somebody should do if they're interested in getting started with at least trying to have the conversation or figure out how to select some groups for a pilot? Um, is there work that they can do while everything's still remote? Absolutely. And what I found is oftentimes when, especially large enterprises, other resources, when we hit hard times economically or, or whatever it is, however you want to phrase what we're going through, that's the time to hunker down and improve yourself so that when you come out on the other side, you are capable of taking advantage of your new speed and agility. Right. Okay. If you're if you're selling, right? If you are selling your product like hotcakes or your services like hotcakes, it's hard to justify pulling your attention away from continuing to pull in money yeah. to do transformation. So now is absolutely the time to ramp up and create that new business agility because when the markets open, whenever they do, however quickly or, or slowly they do, you want to be able to take advantage of it. Yeah. Okay. So where would you, what I would say is if you are sitting atop one of these companies, large or small, and you have the opportunity where what you need to start thinking about is exactly what, what we laid out earlier in terms of 
what is important to me within this transformation effort uh, to get off the ground first? Is it selling it to the rest of the executive team? So I just need to prove that this thing can work and show some good metrics. Is it, or is it that they're already bought in? We need to actually just go, 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 and we can focus on these really troubled areas first. Okay. Um, okay. So if people wanted to get in touch with you and learn more about this or just your take on it, what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way to reach me is my email, which is justin.polk at leadingagile.com. Uh, or you can find me on LinkedIn and message me there. All right, cool. And I'll include links to both these uh, at the bottom of the, the podcast and the show notes. And thank you very much for, for taking time out. And I hope you are and family are safe and, and enjoying the humidity of Houston. Absolutely, Dave. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks.